Hurrah! There was a cup parade in Toronto. Boo. It wasn't the Maple Leafs. But hey, at least there wasn't one in Boston either. And we did get to see Brad Marchand cry. Columbus signed a goalie, but it wasn't Bobrovsky. Eric Carlson penned an eight-year deal with San Jose. And, uh, oh yeah, a team that was at the bottom of the NHL in January with a new coach in November and 11 players who previously had no playoff experience just won the cup. Can you believe it, Jolon? No. Although, I would like to just rewind... We've never done this. We'd like to just rewind the podcast to our last episode in the end. This is uh, this is me here last week. Um, so I'm going to go with Canada's team. I'm going to go with Tyler Bozak, Jordan Bennington and the St. Louis Blues. But I'm going to say that it's going to go all the way seven games and it will come down to a game seven and the Blues will pull it off. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Of course, I put loads of money on that. And uh, no, I didn't put any money on it. But uh, I was very pleased that uh, the Blues won that game seven. So the bracket was effed, but Joe Long's <laughs> final prediction was worth it. We'll Finally. recap this season all to come on NHL Fans From Afar. So how's that smug feeling then right now? It was it was instantly washed away over the feeling of just relief that the Bruins didn't win. I have to say. I'm sorry, Ross. I'm sorry to all you Bruins fans. I was so happy. It was the only game. I watched one game of the Stanley Cup final, which was game seven. And uh, I woke up early in the morning. Remember doing that? Remember that? Remember <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was a yeah. thing? I woke up early in the morning. I sat here on this kitchen table here and watched game seven and loved every single second of it you know it's just it's crazy isn't it that like what what was it a month ago when we were in round one of the stanley cup playoffs and we were there watching that game seven of boston and toronto in this very house in the room next door Mm. it was longer ago than a month was it more than a month it was like april It's it's insane, isn't it? Like the the length of the postseason is unbelievable. I know I said this on the last podcast, but just imagine if the Leafs get to the final one year. Oh, don't. Like, how are we going to cope? Don't. How? I mean, I don't know whether people are also into NBA as well, but just Mm. watching the scenes of the Toronto Raptors fans celebrating their win. I mean, I've never seen so many people out in Toronto. That city knows how to party. A man has it waited for a party like that. And also, I mean, the unique thing about the Toronto Raptors in the NBA is the fact that they are Canada's only team in the NBA. So you've not only got fans from Toronto, you've got fans from Montreal, fans from Vancouver, fans from Edmonton all supporting a Toronto team Mm. which is obviously just a bizarre thing as Toronto is kind of a hated sporting city in Canada and so that whole story is just quite special but yeah although it won't quite be the same if the Leafs win just imagine what it would be like I mean we're both going to be there yeah that's I mean I'm I'm gonna be there I'm gonna be in that parade I just can't believe how the Leafs haven't played for like over a month yeah. and somehow Jolon you always manage to slip in a reference to the Leafs it's, the, it's, to the parade yeah. <laughs> they yeah. went out in round one 
Well, on the way, we are going to be speaking with a chap who's feeling very happy right now, and probably unexpected so, uh, a St. Louis Blues fan who's based out here in the UK. So he's going to be pretty darn happy. But we're also recapping some of the amazing highlights of this season. And uh, we've had a few sent in from uh, some of you Mm. as well, of your favourite moments. But what I did in my uh, stat geekness, because... Frankly, I didn't want to disappoint you. No, no, you know, no. I've built myself a reputation here for being the stat man. Indeed. Stat man free man. <laughs> and um, I went through a mixture of sources just to kind of gather some of the headlines of the season that was 2018-19. Hey, wow. Um, That's impressive. Yeah, like the number of suspensions, the, the number of fines, <sighs> the, um, yeah, just some of the highlights, you know, who who could have believed that it was like in December when they announced that Seattle was going to be part of the expansion? Yeah. December, October, they announced that this deal with MGM and MGM for yeah. sports betting. October, it yeah. feels like miles ago. Yeah, no, like it years. does. Yeah, it does. And it, there's so much to this sport, isn't it? And as you're going to go through with some of the stuff that you found out, I was reading an article the other day about what the what the Seattle expansion is going to look like, what the expansion draft is going to look like and who potentially and what players are going to go that way. And and then you remember, hang on, that, that is years away. <laughs> that is years away. But there's so much to this sport. And if you want to follow it, my God, there's a lot of content to consume. Yeah. Well, the NHL awards are tomorrow night. We're recording this on Tuesday. They're tomorrow night. The NHL draft is on Friday as well. So our final podcast of this season will be uh, kind of recapping things that happened at the draft and and just a quick kind of what we're all hoping for in the off season. So those um, Tampa Bay Lightning and Calgary <laughs> Flames players are really looking forward to the awards, aren't they? They're really looking forward to that. Do you that. know that Toronto isn't even mentioned in the draft until number fifty three? Yeah, because they it's gave like, away their first round pick, didn't they? <laughs> it's crazy. Fifty three. I'll be fast asleep by the time they even make it that far. Or will they? Or will they trade up? Well, Who knows? Mitch Marner. <gasps> one of the little cheeky things that did catch my eye, actually, Phil Kessel. Mm. Did you see that um, it was kind of slipped out that there was a potential they tried to trade him, but he's got this no trade clause. So to like 10 teams, I think, and Minnesota were one of those teams. Yeah. Mm. So who'd have thought it? But a couple of the highlights that have happened since we last did a podcast, Eric Carlson um, and San Jose came to um, a deal despite his injury concerns. He's staying loyal to them. They're riding, you know, things through with him despite those kind of... He spent, you know, what I don't know how many weeks he was out for the season. Half the season, a third of the season. Um, yeah. But eight-year deal is a heck of a deal. What's interesting is that seeming... Well, I mean, I said it a couple of weeks ago. So I'll call out when I got it right with the Blues winning in Game 7. I'll also call out when I got it very wrong. You're by so saying, smug, aren't you? By saying, well, no, I'm going to call out myself very wrong here, which was that Eric Carlson this year has lost himself a lot of money by not signing that eight-year deal in Ottawa for $11 million dollars when actually he's now just basically done that in san jose okay fair so play. he 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 has and even with those injuries it just shows how much they still value him as an offensive threat and how you know that run and i mean he was playing in the stanley cup finals with just some horrific injuries and that's mm. some of the other thing that i've thought we could talk about as well is the boston bruins injury list that gets kind of like like thrown out once the final game is over and once they're out, it was just unbelievable. Players playing with like a broken sternum. A 
Yeah, the fractured jaw of Chara. I mean, concussion. Yeah. Like uh, Debrusque said that he'd been playing with concussion for months now. Mm. I mean, it's unreal what these guys put themselves through, and mm. we sometimes probably have to remember that when you're watching the Stanley Cup final. And I did find it very interesting because I didn't really watch much towards the end of the kind of third round and that kind of time. And then I watched game seven of the Stanley Cup final and my days, you could tell that like it had worn away at those players. I think if you've got 82 games in the regular season and then, I mean, what Jordan Binnington did 26 games. He played in every single game just for the Blues and Bruins went to game seven a few times didn't they so but interesting one with Binnington and I wonder whether this will have a steer and Tuka Rask was another one who had a brilliant brilliant playoffs and a brilliant season with Boston you could say with Binnington with the fact that he only played half the season yes and Tuka Rask was really carefully time managed throughout the whole season yeah is there something to be said for not riding your goaltender hard in the regular season and then saving him for the playoffs. Bennington obviously mm. was, you know, that wasn't planned as such, but well, know, actually, he had it in game seven. He played 32 games in the regular season and take a guess at who played 56 games goalie. The most number of games. Oh, it's going to be like Freddie Anderson, isn't it? He wasn't even in like the top 10 of kind of stat man in the, in most the final ga- lists even of, of, most of games of um no no it was pecorino played 56 mm. so 56 versus 32 you know and actually like their save percentages were really similar the fact that pecorino had a, a nine a 0.918 save yeah. percentage was amazing you yeah. know compared to that i mean the the goalie with the best save percentage over this year was actually ben bishop really but we're talking fractions here he played yeah. 46 games and he had 934 so um these are some of the geeky stats that i'm going to hit you with do you know um who scored the most goals this season in the regular season i'm talking about which player or team yeah which player in the regular season who scored yeah. the most goals the top two one one scored 50 and one scored 51 Ovechkin Ovechkin scored 51 and the second can you have a guess oh man it wasn't Tavares nope it was oh I can I, um, oh, oh the guy from the Oilers Leon Dreisaitl yes that was correct yeah, yeah he Leon scored Dreisaitl. 50 and you know I mean Leon played one more game than uh, than Alex. Really? Yeah. Well, he shouldn't have. Uh, Ovechkin shouldn't have got himself suspended then for not playing at the All Star Championship, should he? <laughs> Nikita Kucherov um, obviously <laughs> smashed it this year. Played all eighty two games in the regular season. He yes. smashed it. Hundred and twenty eight points. Smashed it in the playoffs. <laughs> he did, yeah. And you know, with the suspensions and those fines as well. 37 suspensions there were in the in this season uh, over a hundred so it's 154 games it amassed to now that includes postseason and pre-season okay but think just work out how much money that cost in mm. terms of players wages wait for this i mean a large majority was tom wilson <laughs> three million dollars 
that cost 37 suspensions cost Do three you know I'm million surprised it's not dollars. more than that us dollars but then i guess i i suppose the players who tend to get suspended are not your conor mcdavid's your austin matthews your, your real high earners are they yeah but then look I at suppose. the fines right so there were 24 fines this yeah. season on average there were about five thousand us dollars mm-hmm. so it was 100k Mm. So that's the where kind of... Where does that money go? I'm not sure, where actually. Where does that money go? Three million dollars. Where does that go? Does Gary Bettman go? Thank you very probably. much, guys. Bonuses, puts everyone. puts it in the, on the betting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the cap was $79.5 million this year. Right. This is a ridiculous thing about the NHL, though. We still don't actually know what the cap's going to be for this year, do we? Don't yet. No, no. which is ridiculous. My favourite stats though when i actually looked up yeah. how you know we mentioned this in our previous podcast about just how many changes there have been coaching wise yeah. and also gm wise gm wise um i looked at off season and and on season in season sorry mm-hmm. so when we kind of all arrived in october which teams had brand new coaches and there were six new coaches that started the season. But during the season, there were a further seven changes. Mm. GM changes in the off-season, there were four. And when we came through the season, there were two. So a heck of a lot of change mm. up top. Um, and of course, the major change like in terms of coaching was the fact that St. Louis Blues <laughs> had an interim coach pretty much for all the season. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I've not I've not seen anything further about whether um, Craig Berube will be taken on um, as, a, as a coach. So. You would think so. I mean, him and Jordan Biddington are probably sitting pretty sweet in their negotiations right now, aren't they? Exactly. But um, interesting to see the Jack Adams Award um, for coaches. The top three selected are no great surprises. John Cooper of Tampa Bay Lightning, <laughs> Barry Trotz of New York Islanders. Mm great kind of turnaround wasn't it and Craig Berube of Blues obviously so interesting that, that's quite a hard John, a hard call isn't it John Cooper's an interesting one isn't it again I mean how does that that season is is forgotten about it's one of the most undervalued trophies in sports the president's trophy mm-hmm. in ice hockey and those Tampa Bay Lightning I can't imagine they're wandering around proud of the season that they had no nope. even though the regular season was incredible just talking about tampa bay lightning so steven stamkos is in a list of 10 players um who have got some serious experience in the nhl but still are yet to get a stanley cup listen to this list right and you just think these <laughs> are players are incredible i mean we've talked again on this podcast about Kerry price mm. um john tavares steve stamkos obviously eric carlson joe thornton Hen, uh, Henry uh, Lundqvist, mm. um, Pecorine, Claude Giroux, Brent Burns. I mean, they are mm. incredible players to this sport and they all sit there in the 10. Who was the fella in St. Louis Blues that had kind of served, uh, Jay the, longest, saved, served the longest time, yeah. hadn't he, in the NHL without any Stanley Cup? Yeah. And now, now he's Tyler Bozak has a, has a cup ring. Uh, it is it's it's a real strange one isn't it because there are so many players who yeah who you know that list that you said there you know all of those players are are kind of greats of the game and some of those will be hall of famers but you know they may not actually win a a ring in their career which 
you know, there's going to be some... That is, that is one of the things I wondered about the Eric Carlson deal with him staying in San Jose. I think he must really see an opportunity in San Jose for the next few years to win. And the way that they're set up probably is geared towards winning this year, this upcoming year, and then maybe not for a few years. But then again, you know, a few years later on, they could probably go again. So him and Brett Burns on the same team, you know, there's a they'll be... They'll be chomping at the bit to go back again next year. We were asking some of um, some of you guys what your favourite moments were. Mm. Um, Mike Mike Anthony, our American fan, Philly fan, yeah. put his highlight as Gritty making his debut. Yeah! Wow! God, hard to think of an NHL without Gritty, isn't there? Now, yeah, hard to think of that. Um, what was that? You're showing me something on your screen, but I can't read it. And a rookie hat-trick on his debut by Ryan who? Uh, you know what? I'm so glad I pointed that because I was like, I don't know how to say his name. I thought that you might. Hulan, is it? Hang on, you're smashing the mic right. here. Yeah. A rookie hat-trick on his debut by Ryan Peeling? Mm-hmm. Pooling? Mm-hmm. Oh dear. That's, We're going to have to Google that one. That was from Dave anyway. Let me just look on our Twitter account. Um, We're NHL fans from afar. Um, Some of you sent your messages on our Slack group, which is great. Let's have a look. Uh, this is terrible air radio silence, isn't it? Right, um, so Andy Giddings puts all the division winners going out in the first round of the playoffs set the tone for this year, I think. The sweeping of teams that have been doing so well, had been doing the sweeping in regular seasons, plus Elias Pettersson's alien death stare, of course. Uh, yeah, Vancouver Canucks fan there, Andy. I think the most hurtful tweet that we actually had um, in in the last few days was from Adam, uh, the Detroit Red Wings uh, fan, yeah. who really harshly pointed out to us that uh, the Raptors Cup Parade was the same route that had been planned for Toronto Maple Leafs Cup uh, Parade for many years. Thanks for that. All right, Adam. All right, you there with your multiple rings. Detroit rings and we were of course pleased to hear that Ross our Bruins fan here um, who we all have friendly banter he told us that he's okay just got a bit of a bruised ego um, but he'll live so bless him I I mean I feel sorry for fans because I you know I feel sorry for fans who suffer because I, I feel their pain and I'm one that does it all the time but I felt no sympathy at all for those Bruins. And in fact, one of them, I skipped to work that morning with the image of Brad Marchand crying on the bench. (laughs) Like, it was just the best thing ever. And I'm sure, you know, that all those Bruin fans can't wait to see Toronto go out again in the first round next year. And who knows, it may happen, but just just give me that little moment of in tough What was your highlight of the season? Well, I don't know, because as a Leafs fan, it's been a really horrible season because... It started off great with John Tavares signing. That was like amazing. And then pretty much as soon as that was as soon as that contract was signed, we then had the whole William Nylander thing. And so that was kind of a cloud over the the team for a while. And then that dragged on till Christmas. And then as soon as Nylander signed, everyone was like, Well, I wonder if he's still a player, whether he's worth all of that. And then Matthew signed, which was great, but it wasn't for as long as we'd want. And then Mitch Marner's agent comes out and says how bad the Matthews deal is. And, oh, wait, Marner's going to get paid a ton. Then we go out in the first round against the Bruins in Game 7 in Boston. Stop me if you've heard that one before. And so I kind of look back and think, 
I, I really struggle to see where the real highlights were for me yeah. as a Leafs fan. I, I think it was a very lacklustre... Um... It was just a year where a lot of stuff went on, but it wasn't on the ice. It was all backroom stuff for the Leafs. It's true. It, it felt like quite a boring year to watch as a, a Leafs fan. But really, on, on stats-wise, we, we did okay. Yeah, That's we did the okay. Thing. The, yeah. I think for me, like in terms of a highlight, when we recorded our trade deadline episode, as it happened, I'd yeah. never really previously engaged in the trade deadline. Yeah, that was fun. I just kind of read some articles the day after, but it mm. was... Really interesting to get that insight from Rob and from Steve as it was happening that final hour. It was a, a normal time of day for us because it was happening at 8 p.m. UK time. Mm. And just to kind of see how um, Columbus kind of pulled it out of the bag and really kind of placed all their bets, didn't they? Mm. Put it all on red or all on black. Um, that was enjoyable. And there yeah. was the potential that they didn't have to have done that. The Mark Stone deal, you know? Mm. Okay, didn't really go anywhere in the end. Some of their their kind of bets, but yeah, I just I enjoyed that kind of stuff. I think for me, if, if I had to honestly pick an ice hockey highlight from this season, it would have been the World Championships and following Team GB and that. That's not it, NHL, which is not NHL. But seeing seeing some of those NHL players playing in that environment that close, I remember like seeing Leon Drysidel, for example. You know those kind of players and seeing them performing at that level was that was quite something. Who's been your favourite fan on this podcast? Oh, that's like making me choose between my favourite child. <laughs> Don't have children, by the way. Um, <laughs> One of favorite my favourite moments was um, when you were away. Oh, thanks. Cheers. <laughs> Screw you. Was talking to um, our Carolina Hurricanes fan. Oh, yeah, I and, um, They were a highlight for me, you know, this year, actually. Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. Paul, who, whole who bunch of lives out thing. in Scotland and... How he kind of it just the fascination for him has just had just kind of I don't know just uh, captured his whole life like you know the friends that he made that are completely out of nowhere and how his son um, had kind of played on ice playing in an alumni game as well just amazing I really liked I'm thinking my favorite my favorite anecdote of uh, from a guest was. Um, Oh, his name's literally on the tip of my tongue, Australian. Adam. Adam, thank you. Um, Adam telling us about how when he's following the NHL and he's <laughs> wearing his jersey and it's so hot, he has to crank the air conditioning up in his house to try and watch the hockey in a jersey, which I, I thought was just a brilliant image. I, I love know. That. It is amazing, isn't it? I, I do love that. I think that's... Uh... I love those little geeky stories because it's a weird, weird little sport that ice hockey is, isn't it? Should we talk some blues? Yeah, why not? David's on the line from... Uh, well, where are you, David, actually? I'm in Gloucestershire. Oh, Gloucestershire. So is it raining where you are, like Dr. Dr. Gloucester said or something? It has been pretty much wet for near on a week now. Yeah, yeah, same here. Welcome to British summertime, hey? They don't get this <laughs> problem in Canada, do they, eh? Hey? Oh, oh God! Did you hey? hear me then? I've gone Canadian. Oh, no, Good God! So, oh. how's, I, how's the happiness rating right now, David? You're still on a high. Yeah, somewhat. Uh, having this conversation earlier, it's one of those things. You see the post, you see the pictures of the team with the cup, and it's still just. Oh no, that isn't right. <laughs> it's just. Uh, oh, somebody was talking earlier, and they summed it up right. As blues fans, you're pre 
be programmed to expect to midway through the playoffs to have that gut wrenching disappointment as you watch your team crash out yet again. We're not used to this. We're not programmed for this to happen. <laughs> I, I so feel I, I know exactly what you mean. And I don't think the NHL is ready for what would happen if the Leafs actually won the Stanley Cup. Because Leafs, if you think Blues fans are programmed to kind of expect disappointment in the it's playoffs. It's all about the Leafs for you, isn't it? The, well, Shut up about I the can, Leafs. I Let can, him have his moment. I can just hear myself in my head thinking, oh God, yeah, I, I feel your pain. But... To actually get to that moment and to see your team win, describe that moment to me. Oh, it was absolutely unreal. You know, uh, you just absolutely just beyond belief. You just sit, sit here and you're thinking, especially after like some of the non calls, like the uh, some of the previous rounds, some of those ridiculous non calls that we had. You sort of. You sit and you just think, what? No, even I think it was uh, game five. I even myself turned said, we were lucky to come away with the win from that. No, yeah. game four. We were lucky to come away with, from the win with that because was it a trip? Did he fall <laughs> over the, the stick behind him? What way did that go? We were lucky there. <laughs> that one was a... And I even called it the uh, no, go, no goal call that Boston had. Yeah. I swear that puck crossed the line and any other day of the week that would have been a goal for Boston it's like well, things are starting to go away for a change but I think all the way through I mean you, you any team in the in the playoffs who had success had to show that they got luck I mean you, you just have to you have to have luck and you'll be on the wrong end of it I mean look at San Jose and, and all of the, some of those other teams that made it through to the later rounds but it wasn't just the fact that you didn't have luck. You you kind of looked like you'd thrown it away a little bit with the fact that you ended up having to go back to Boston. You must have gone into Game 7 with that kind of pessimistic view you were talking about of Blues fans. You must have been going into Game 7 thinking Boston are going to win this. Well, yeah, because we'd all expected Game 6, home ice, you know, one three, only this one game, it's done, it's in the bag. Home ice, bang. Yeah, we, we know how that feels. <laughs> we know how that feels. <laughs> in right, Toronto, Claire, making about the Leafs. Game six, yeah, we know all about that pain. At least you got on with it and did the job, right? <laughs> Let the guy talk about the blues. Yeah, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. You sat there and you're thinking, okay, no, this is just going to be disaster. That's it. We're not coming back from Boston with the cup. It's going to stay in Boston. It's going to be status quo. And it's just like, uh, it's been alluded to a few times the fact that the Blues play well when their back's against the wall and you forget that fact mm. that, you know when everything's down and out and there's no way it can possibly come back all of a sudden oh we're going to win this one you forget that fact because you're used to that being the time when they just turn and say oh no it's not going to turn up you just carry on without us how did, it, how did it feel having the entire NHL supporting you in the Stanley Cup final like, honestly, everybody wanted you to win. Yeah, there was... I I, I found very quickly, to, like, like, from game one, it was... There was two camps. There was either the Boston fans or there was everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe San Jose, that I don't know. They'd have been still a bit moment. salty. But yeah. Amazing well, to yeah. be... Yeah, yeah. To be, to be <laughs> supporting the team that everybody wants to win must be a great feeling. Yeah, uh, he's kind of sat there thinking this isn't just for us, this is for everybody. 
body, this has got to go the way we want it to. But mm. you, we all know with that, this sport, you know, it's a 50-50 chance of anything going how it's supposed to because you can't predict it. But the thing that I find fascinating with this is that the last time St. Bluey, St. St. Bluey, can't even talk, this is great, isn't it? The Blues were in the Stanley Cup final, was in 1970, and then who beat you? Boston Bruins. So this is a chance for you to rewrite history. That's also what makes this so super, super sexy, that you get to kind of rewrite the history um, you know, that dive that I used it as the picture for our last episode of Bobby Orr in, in the air. Um, just unbelievable. So, I mean, I think people are kind of forgetting that because there are so many different storylines here for the Blues. The the turnaround, the change of the fact that you've got an interim coach, um, so many players without playoff experience. Um, I mean, it's hard to even know where to start, really, isn't it? I mean, it, we've we've just kind of said here about the the three coaches named in the Jack Adams Award. Craig Berube is one of those. What are your thoughts of him as a coach? Well, it's just uh, he he seems fantastic. Oh, I say seems because we had this before, didn't we? They outed Hitchcock. They brought in Mike and. You know, this miraculous turnaround happened, and we're, oh, this is going to be the coach that's going to take us to the final. And it didn't happen. We crushed out in, I think it was the second round again, and the following season didn't even get a wild card spot, let alone getting into the playoffs in like third position. And it's just, oh, here we go again. So, it, well, I think the facts speak for herself, don't they? The fact that he came in in what, November, December, and then we wind up where we are now. I would like to think we finally found a coach that's got some gusto to him and can get things done. And is there any talk about, you know, whether that will be made into a permanent appointment? I mean, I've not even, I've not even seen any of that kind of coverage. All I've seen is that there are great talks happening and Jordan Binnington's set to get a big pay rise, but we'd expect that. Well, yeah, I think... Obviously, Bennington is one of those key cornerstones to everything that's occurred anyway, isn't he? Mr. Do I Look Nervous? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I know it was mentioned at one point during the course of the playoffs. Uh, it was, the question was raised again about Craig taking the, the intern being taken away. And Doug Armstrong made a fleeting comment. He turned around and he said... Um, we're not discussing any of that till after the playoffs are done and over with, but we have now with Alice down to one. <laughs> <laughs> you'd like you'd like to think that he was on about Craig, you know. You'd like to think that it's just we're going to sign a dotted line. It's just how many zeros are going to be on the contract is going to be decided after we're done here. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd imagine that I'd imagine the champagne is still flowing and the beers are going and that everybody's having their day with a cup, but I imagine the time for contract negotiations will be well, you would imagine in the not too distant future. Yeah, I don't think there's gonna be much of an off season this season, is there? By the time as you say they're done with their day with the cup and everything else. Because I think Twitter's lit up at the moment. Everything's uh, arrived in Vegas now, so it's gone to a Vegas party. So we all know what they say about Vegas parties. (laughs) (laughs) See, the thing is, right, do you honestly even really care what happens next season? Because the best has has happened. Well, that's the thing. You know, you see and you think, oh, I know there's some terms, oh, we could do it again next season. 
does it matter? The thing was to just get that cup win. But why did they don't take another 52 years to do it the next time round? <laughs> does it really... We're back on the Leafs again. Yeah, it's just the... Yeah, in another 52 years, if we have to go a couple of years before we get another cup to show for it, does it matter? You know, my favourite picture of all the celebrations was, and uh, I think I'm going to put it as the picture for this episode, but it was um, Tarasenko's baby in the cup. So the, I can't remember if it was a boy yeah. or a girl, but born <laughs> two days before game six of the final. And just this amazing picture of this tiny baby curled up in this cup beautiful I don't know if you've seen it there is a cracking picture it's uh, Tarasenko again he's got his baby in one arm and the Stanley Cup in the other arm and they're in bed aren't they yeah or something <laughs> yeah, like that you, have, yeah. you see that one yeah yeah absolutely it's just but yeah unbelievable I mean how many times have you listened to Gloria that <laughs> the celebration song since you won the cup um I, I've lost count <laughs> I heard Absolutely. a rumour there was going to be a radio station that was going to play it for 24 they hours did, non-stop. They? Did they do it? They did it earlier on, I think. I'd say that was Y98. They did. They played it for 24 hours after like the Blues got to the Western Conference final. And I think they did it again when they got to the finals. I've heard rumour they did it. they've done it again since the cup was lifted. I've not seen anything official for that one. Amazing, amazing. I mean, Laura Branigan is is rolling in it. She's like this <laughs> this hit that I did thirty five, thirty six, thirty six years ago, and now she's getting all these royalties every time. Yeah. She's just sat there drinking champagne out of her own cup. Yeah, yeah. Her manager did actually say that she would have loved this if she'd seen this. She would love the way this is all gone. And you just think if it wasn't for that one night in. Philly, when they happen to go to that bar, yeah, we wouldn't have it. What would the song be? <laughs> I spoke to I spoke to a guy who who went to that bar. He works for NHL.com, and uh, he went to that bar to watch Game Seven. And this bar is a, a bar in Philadelphia, of all places, where the players went, and that's where the whole Gloria song started. For any of you who haven't followed this, and I spoke to a guy who watched Game Seven in that bar and he said it was the most incredible thing ever because it was a bar in Philadelphia that was just packed full of St. Louis fans and uh, he was saying the atmosphere was just unreal in that place and he has never heard the song Gloria played so many times in his life Have you seen the video that goes with that? Yeah, yeah (laughs) Yeah. No I haven't, why? What is it? This bar in Philadelphia is probably the size of like your average front room. <laughs> this will mean nothing to anyone <laughs> other than like Claire. Who, yeah, this will mean nev- nothing to any other than Claire, but like the size of this kitchen. Oh right, thanks. Like this size, this bar, <laughs> a typical living room. Yeah, there were yeah. like there was like hundred. I don't know, over a hundred people crammed into this place, and people spilling outside. It was amazing. Like the scenes from wow. that place. Yeah, unless in the middle of Philadelphia, Philadelphia. it's not even in blue country. It's somewhere completely outside of it, and it's just this little pocket of St. Louis in the middle of it. Humour me just this one question from a Leafs fan. Oh, God, not uh, the bloody Leafs again. I've got a question, but it's blues-related. 
How do the Blues see Tyler Bozak? Other than the fact that you've won a Stanley Cup, so everybody's amazing. But forget that bit. How have the Blues seen Tyler Bozak this year? He's come on. He's he's been pretty damn good, to be fair. He isn't the main name that makes your list of that was an acquisition and a half, and we pulled the wool over them there. But he has had some pretty decent time, to be honest. He's he blocked some key shots, didn't he, in, in yes, uh, the last yes. couple of games? And that third line, that St. Louis Blues third line, was very highly rated with Patrick Maroon in the well in the playoffs. I kept hearing their names pops up kind of after games. Well, this is what's been said the whole way through. You can't really count them as like the third and the fourth line. They're just, you know, the way they play, they may as well just be like a third first line. They just... They all just, you never know where it's going to come from. There's so much in amongst them. You just don't know who's going to come up with it next, who's going to come up big. Mm. I mean, you know what, talking just about some of the the players um, across the whole team, I think one of the things that really was the highlight story was about 11-year-old Layla Anderson and how the the bond that she formed with the players and the fact that she was invited to be a part of the cup parade, you know, where there's half a million people turned out on the streets. And, um, you know, there's not many moments where you kind of get teary uh, watching the NHL. You're more likely to be adrenaline fueled and stomp out the room or jump for joy. Um, But just kind of seeing her be brought onto the ice and uh, being able to lift that cup herself and kiss it, um, you know, moments after the win was such an incredible moment. Um, I think that in a way, the Blues kind of ticked so many different boxes from, you know, the underdog story to the actual, the skill, the talent, the um, just the unexpectedness. But then also that story, the emotion that went alongside Layla and her family and really feeling that and their their joy and seeing that joy was just so powerful I mean, it must be amazing as a fan to kind of watch that and think yeah our, our players are good people they're not just great on the ice they're actually ath- great athletes and great people yeah no, it's, it's one of these things we've said it before and Blues fans will tell you it till they are pardon the pun blue in the face <laughs> they're not just like Athletes, they are, as you say, they're just all round good people. You've got obviously the Layla story, and you know, bless her, I think the thing that makes that such a thing as well is the fact of how close to game seven they got before she got the okay to travel. Mm. But then there's other stories, like I don't know if you've heard it. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly went into a guitar shop in Boston just before game seven because he is musically orientated as well. And he went in there to do a jamming session. He was talking to this young lad. And this young lad, he was a Boston fan. You know, he's in the middle of Boston. And what else would he be? And he left with a guitar that he didn't buy himself. Why and I really just trying to pick a guitar and I'll buy you a guitar while I'm here. Hmm. You know, these stories just flow from every corner of the team. And it's just, they pick, was it last year, I think? Was it last year or the year before? There was it Larry, the little girl again, that had been ill when they took under their wing and what have you. And it's just... Yeah, your your national anthem singer as well. Um, what is his name? Charles Glenn, I want to say. Uh, yeah, Charles Glenn, yeah. 
I mean, just remind people of that story because he he kind of did his last ever um, sing, didn't he, for Game Six of the Stanley Cup Final, and he's got multiple cirrhosis. I want to say. Yeah, he's got yeah he's got multiple sclerosis. He made a point of saying play once the playoffs were done, he was retiring. You know, he, he it's almost a hushed thing. He didn't make a big thing of it. And then obviously people got onto this, and then when they realised Game Six at home, there was this big thing of sorry, Charles, we need you for one more game. But yeah, even as far as him, he's been you know he's and it is an integral part to the team as any of them really that's the thing he's seen as he's he wasn't just oh the anthem singer in the corner he was a part of the team he was part of the family so therefore he gets treated the same it's just amazing because he was even actually he did actually appear he was at the uh rally keeping the uh, crowds going before the parade got there so yeah incredible isn't it how did you become a fan of the blues to cut a long story short, it's actually Top Gear's fault. <laughs> wow, I was not expecting that. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Top Gear did an episode about, about six, seven years ago. Top Gear did an episode where little Richard Hammond went off and drove the pace car for, for the NASCAR race at Texas and was doing like the tyre carrying and stuff. And I got to a point I'd had enough of Formula One and all the boring stuff. I was looking for a bit of excitement. So I chanced upon watching an NASCAR race after that. And the only decent way to get that over here is to pay for Premier Sports. Now, when you're paying nine ninety nine a month for a TV channel, you're thinking, well, I want to watch something else as well. Yeah. I'd always enjoyed normal hockey at school, so I thought, let's give this ice hockey stuff a go. I see what this is all about. And... As happens with most people, you see a nice hockey game and that's it, you're hooked on it. And then it's a family connection. My choices to, of teams to follow were either Arizona or St. Louis. Good choice. Well, after the last week, after the last week, I'm really glad that I picked St. Louis, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so when are we talking? Yeah, how, how long ago is this then? This was about six years ago. I say it was one led to the other. It's like, well, I'm not paying for this and just watching one thing so I'm finding something else and I just discovered the family link at the same time and well as you know it's like over here it's football culture is you pick somewhere you live or you've got family connections to I applied the same principle and have you been to see them I haven't yet no having like the kids and what have you it's a fairly expensive trip to make yeah, well, you have to cash in on some of those family connections now, won't you? <laughs> well, I have said if I have my way, we'll be there in October, but I can't say I'm going to get my own way. <laughs> oh, amazing. And how, what's your process of watching games as well? Because we were saying about even just to do one round of playoffs, this is, this was fairly new for Joe. I got a cold. <laughs> you got, you couldn't I got a cold it. from that. <laughs> So, I'd, I mean, what was the strategy? Will you turn the notifications off and watch it after work? Will you stay up all night? How did it work? It was turn the notifications off because obviously the time of the game finishes because I start work at 8 o'clock in the morning. So from when the game's finished to when I go to work, there's enough time there to watch it on, like, on demand. And provided you skip through the adverts and you don't watch the like intermission reports and what have you, you can just about get the game in from getting up to going to work. 
<laughs> so you sort of, especially Thursday morning, you walk into work as smug as the cat that got the cream on cloud nine and <laughs> nobody's got an absolute clue as to what the hell's going on. You just walked in all smiles playing Gloria. Like, what the hell's wrong with him? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, Jolon came up with this thing earlier on that even just looking at the picture of the main screen, if it had a picture of... Uh, I don't know. Whatever jersey was on the front page was the was the team that won. Yeah. And then the other thing was, you know, it showed you how long the game was. It would show you whether it went to extra time or yeah. whether it was in regulation time. And also, sometimes if you're really sad and it gets stuck, you could see the dots, which are the goals, can't you? Yeah. So uh... the the plot spoiler on <laughs> NHL.com of seeing the winning screenshot of the team was the most frustrating thing <laughs> in the. But that's the better planet. than when I used to get the piece of paper i didn't know you could hide scores dave so i used to get a piece of paper along the top of my laptop (laughs) so that i didn't accidentally see the score and then someone said to me you know you could just hit hide scores and it doesn't show you oh (laughs) i did start um because i do exactly the same as you dave like i you know third well throughout the whole game i will skip through the adverts and often skip through the intermissions as well and I then did stop doing that in the third period for exactly that reason, because I could start to tell whether games were going to overtime or not. So I used to just not touch the mouse in the third period, and then I could <laughs> never work it out whether it's doing it. Had to do that for the Stanley Cup final game seven as well, because I didn't want to know if it went to overtime. Goodness you, me. You don't, get, you don't get any of that with Premier. Like through the, uh, the playoffs, they allow just a straight out four and a half hour window yeah. for the game regardless of what happens so you look at the running time and it's four and a half hours yeah. you have no clue whether that's going to be it finishes in regulation it goes to double regular overtime you've no idea where it goes you've no idea where it goes who wins no nothing yeah what's um, oh, what's um, been uh, apart from the obvious Dave what has been your <laughs> highlights of the season I mean, is there a favourite moment? Oh, highlight of the season. Hmm. Winning, winning the Stanley Cup. I, I don't know, maybe. Cup, gonna, I, the yeah, Cup is obvious. Game seven last week was a pretty good one. <laughs> uh, I think it was seeing the team finally coming together and being what we'd all said in September that should they should be that moment of seeing them all bonded together and I'm going to put it down as I've, I've said it before if Craig Berube hadn't come in when he did I don't think that team would have drilled I don't think we would be in this situation now because we all said September time like before the season started oh looking at the players on the paper oh, they've got O'Reilly they've got Maroon this is a championship team just waiting for the cup and it didn't happen, you know. There was fights in the uh, on, you know. They got that frustrated at one point. I don't know how well this is known. Yeah. They got that frustrated at one point on the training camp ice. There was actually a fight broke out. Kids, you know, that isn't a team that's heading for a Stanley Cup. That's a team that's heading for half of them going off to other teams. When the uh, whenever you get the option to trade out players, that's a team that half of the team are off. And then. You know, they change coach out. They bring in the fourth string goalie. You know, Jordan Billington wasn't even like a first pick alternative to Jake Allen. He was like a fourth string goalie. Nobody had any faith that he was going to be any good. Mm. And they come in and they just, it was that moment when they, they came in and the team gelled and you saw what should be 
I think that was the moment. It was that pivotal moment of everything turning. How much would you give Jordan Bennington a year? Oh God. Um. <laughs> I mean, we should we should throw the the stats in here that you know he's he had a, a nine two seven save percentage in the regular season. He got a yeah. rookie record for Stanley Cup wins, so he went sixteen ten with a two point four six GAA. He got a nine point one four save percentage. This is all in the um, postseason and a shutout, and that was in twenty six games. And not on the stat sheet, but he won you game seven. I mean that you know that opening period, the Boston Bruins could have been three or four nil up in that first period, and the game could have completely changed. I'm trying to think. Well, Sean, I can't think what he's on at the moment. It's like six hundred k or something, isn't it? Six fifty. Six fifty. It is. It is. I what would you, what would you give him? Looking at we, he needs to be at least somewhere in around the two three mil mark. I would have thought Easy. two or three. Are you kidding? Yeah. If I'm Jordan Binnington, I shut the door and go, thank you very much. I'll uh, go and have a look at some of those other teams. Two or three million. Do you think he signs a bridge deal as well, that? really? Oh, uh, Dave, I, I'm not interested. If it's not, if it's anything less than five, I'm not interested. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he's going to take because there is, I don't know how true it is. There is the story that he refused to transfer because he always wanted to play for the Blues anyway. He did stay around so, longer than yeah than others might have done. If you think of yeah, how old he is I, now as a rookie, so you might yeah you might be lucky there. Yeah, they because they wanted to send him off to a league somewhere, and he just turned and said, "No, I don't want to go." Yeah, because he had the plan of where he wanted to ultimately end up. So we could have a bit of a Pat Maroon story on our hands of it's where he wants to be. So he leaves a bit on the table because it's where he wants to be. Am I right in saying, I just had a look at Cap Friendly for the St. Louis Blues. Am I right in saying that you guys have got £18.7 million of cap space? Sorry, million dollars of cap space. That's insane. That's what I read it as. But then if you look, eight of the team that were on the ice on for Game 7 are all restricted and unrestricted free agents uh, okay, at the end of this fine. season. So that 18 is going to rapidly disappear to hopefully keep hold of them at least. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the good thing is you've got the cap space to do it. You've got the flexibility. You don't have to obviously keep all of those. And uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting times. Well, well done. I'm I'm very pleased for you. I was very pleased for you, not just as a Blues fan, but as an anti-Bruins fan. Um, it was a it was a great <laughs> series. And you guys, and I think that was one of the things that I was really pleased about for you guys is because. From the beginning of the season, you guys were tipped to be up there and you guys were really looking like you were assembling a team to go on and win. And ironically, the question mark was always about the goaltending and Jake Allen. And ultimately, that came true. But, you know, you went on this incredible run and, yeah, gave the NHL a great story, which I think the NHL might have needed towards the end of the playoffs because there was a lot of talk of referees and all of this kind of stuff and video reviews. And so to actually give the NHL a good news story I think the St. Louis Blues ticked that box nicely yeah I think they did as you say I think with the inconsistent referee issues as you said I think they did give them just enough to gloss over that a little bit yeah. and then well they're just I don't if, have you seen the footage from the parade on Saturday yeah it looked amazing it just looked amazing 
Yeah, it went from the parade for the fans to show their appreciation of the team to the team showing their appreciation of the fans. And it's just, and not one single arrest or incident with all those, depending on what story you listen to, depends on how many people were there. Yeah. And everything, just not one issue. Yeah. That's great. Well, I just think it's unbelievable. And, you know, as we said a few moments ago, Dave, we, we do pay our respects and condolences to Ross, our, our Bruins fan. <laughs> um, I mean, we got to, we should point out, actually, in terms of Bruins' perspective, I mean, Chara coming on Game 7 with a fractured jaw, oh. with plates and wires in his mouth. Oh. And, I mean, he signed another year to play in the NHL anyway because people like, is this his final game? But that stand innovation that he got from not just Bruins fans, but Blues fans as a kind of nod of respect to him as a player in the NHL. I can't mean, understand it, but yeah. Those are, those are the kind of moments that they, they, they are incredible to, to witness. As, as um, Jolan was saying about when the list of injuries came out from mm. the Bruins of what some of their players were going through in that season. And I'm and sure that I'm sure it's the same for the Blues. It's just the the champagne, vodka and beer is probably meaning the pain doesn't it. quite Yeah. Quite numbing it. Come in, yeah. Yeah, we've not had we've not had the Blues list of injuries yet, but I think every single one's going to have liver damage on their list yeah. by the end of the sore week. Sore heads. <laughs> A lot of sore heads. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well Dave, thank but you no, ever so much. Um, you know, thanks for coming we, on. Thanks. No worries. And uh, and enjoy the celebrations and enjoy and just keep keep going with it. Keep beaming, keep wandering around the place, smiling around, even though people don't know what you're smiling about. Just keep on enjoying it because who knows, it might be another 50 years before you get to do it again. Who knows? Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not, though. <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you, Dave. Um, speak to you soon. Thanks. Take Thanks. care. Thanks, Ray. Well, Jolon, you do realise that as a result of the Blues um, now winning the cup final, that the team with the longest drought of any kind of cup success is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Which means naturally they've got to be next. uh, So we kind of shot ourselves in the foot there by... uh, Cheering them on, but it was the Leafs right fans team don't have any win. feet left to shoot. Like, oh. <laughs> no. just, I just wanted to kind of point something out to you mm. that might give you a little bit of joy. Go on, um, Mitch Marner's signed <laughs> eight years, nine no, million. Goodness no. me, we'll recap oh. some of that stuff in our next week's podcast, actually. Um, but the NHL draft happens this Friday. Um, of course, like the the list of the teams, what we got: New Jersey at top, New York Rangers, Chicago, Colorado, LA, Detroit, Buffalo, Chicago. Edmonton, Anaheim, and Vancouver. It's in Vancouver as well. But a little nice little fact for you: yeah. I don't know if you know that uh, first round draft pick of a goalie is featured. Actually, it's the first goalie to be in the first round since two thousand and nine, and his name is Spencer Knight. Mm. It's from the US Training Development Program. So uh, we've talked before, haven't we? Why are goalies not higher up when they're such an important... In the draft, sorry. When they're such an important part of developing the sport. And when we see people like Jordan Binnington doing really well in this situation, actually there needs to be a wider array of great, strong goalies, um, you know, to to kind of make it through. Yeah, and... 
Look at the Bruins, look at the Blues. Both those teams got to the Stanley Cup final and both those teams had really hot goaltenders in the postseason. And yeah. it's not a... It's no coincidence that, that that is the case. Can I give you a little bit of uh, breaking news as well? Oh, go on. I say breaking news. It happened about an hour ago. But um, the Winnipeg Jets tweeted out that they have uh, done a trade with the New York Rangers. And it is for their quite highly sought after D, uh, Jacob Truber. He is going to the New York Rangers uh, in return for various other things. Uh, but interesting because Jacob Truber was a UFA this year. But interesting that the Jets have got in there early while they still have his rights before July 1 and have decided to cut their losses and trade him and get something back instead of waiting until July 1st when he would have been a UFA. There was a lot going on with Jacob Truber and he kind of seemed like he wasn't happy in in Winnipeg and wanted out anyway. And so he heads to the New York Rangers, who I just think are going to recover very quickly. They'll get their first round draft pick this year. And they could be quite good again quite soon. Like that. We'll have to catch up with Jamie, our New York Rangers mm. fan, um, and see what his, what his thoughts and what he's thinking. Um, if you are looking out for your team, be it uh, what they'll be up to in the draft or what you're hoping for come that 1st of July uh, little deadline, or even just your hopes for next season, then do get in contact with us. Um, you can email us nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com there you can request to join our slack group with a group of like-minded um, people and mixture of fans and of course we're on twitter as well just the usual nhl fans from afar how much do you think mitch marner is going to make because we're going to probably oh. be he will have signed probably or be traded by the time we next do this and it's going to be one of the big stories in the nhl do you think do you think well, if we do our next one, what are you saying after the... We're going to hopefully do it next next Tuesday. Oh, actually, yeah, unlikely then. Unlikely. You I... always have to make it about the Leafs somehow, don't you? I've not actually talked about the Toronto Maple Leafs for about a month. So I think it's probably just the chance to get it all out there again. I've not, I've not, I wore my Toronto Maple Leafs t-shirt for the first time today. I haven't been able to wear anything Toronto related since game one or game seven. Because it just was not fun. I'm over it now. It's all about next season. (laughs) He's drawn the line. He's moved on. The final word goes to Adam, Australian fan, who just sent this tweet to us. Steve Yeiserman is GM of the Detroit Red Wings. Also chaotic playoffs. Brad Marchand crying and Brett Hall out partying Ovechkin so far are his favourite moments of the 2018-19 season. Good selection there. Yeah, very good. So we're going to be back next week and we're going to talk about the draft and we're going to look properly ahead to next season. But that is it. That is this season, the 2018-29 season, wrapped up with a bow. The St. Louis Blues take the cup, as I said, in seven. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yep, have a great one.